We're in the midst of a sermon series, Proverbs, Seeking God's Wisdom, working our way topically through the book of Proverbs together. We began the series by seeking God's wisdom on wisdom, and then seeking God's wisdom on the heart. That brings us today to seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. I thought we could perhaps subtitle today's lesson, The Sermon on the Mouth. (laughs) Some of you got that. Let's look at God's wisdom through Solomon concerning our words and speech. There are just a few verses here in Proverbs 10 that I thought we would highlight. Proverbs 10, we pick it up with verse 18. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Go down to verse 31. From the mouth of the righteous come the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. And on and on you understand we could go. Seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. Statistics tell us that the average man speaks 20,000 words a day. The average woman, I'm just reporting the facts, the average woman speaks 30,000 words a day. (laughs) We are a nation of talkers. Talk shows are a big hit on the radio and television. Chat rooms are busy 24 hours a day on the internet. Texting and IMs are a part of our everyday lives now. Posting on social media is at an all-time high. Did you know that over 3 billion people a day post on social media now? We like to talk so much that most of us now carry cell phones. Wherever we go. And some of us don't even stop talking when we sleep. I won't mention names. More than ever, we need to be seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. Let's read what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Read this with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Each person will bear the consequences of their own words. James put it this way. If you think you are being religious but can't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and everything you do is useless. But if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole being. Seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. Here are just a few quips and quotes that I ran across as I was preparing today's lesson. I thought they were good enough I should share them with you. You are the master of the unspoken word. The spoken word is the master of you. Blessed is he who has nothing to say and cannot be persuaded to say it. (laughs) A lot of things are open by mistake, but none so often as the mouth. (laughs) 
Better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) A lot of trouble in this world is caused by combining a narrow mind with a wide mouth. (laughs) There were others, but I thought those were pretty cute. Seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. Our struggle with this tiny little slippery yet powerful member of our human bodies is addressed over 500 times in the Bible. Solomon deals with the tongue, mouth, words, speech, lips 109 different times right here in the book of Proverbs more than any other book in the Bible. As we're seeking God's wisdom on the tongue, let's keep today's lesson very, very simple. Two main points, the tongue's curse and then the tongue's cure. First, let's talk a bit about the tongue's curse. There isn't a single person among us here today who doesn't struggle in one way or another with his or her tongue. The curses that we struggle with in regard to our mouth and speech are many. Solomon identifies at least a dozen different problem areas right here in the book of Proverbs. So see if you can find your curse or curses here in this list, beginning with the lying tongue. The lying tongue. Much is said about lying, falsehood, and deceit. If you've been reading through the book of Proverbs, you've noticed that. Look at just a couple of verses I selected to make the point here. Proverbs chapter 6 says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. And then in that list of seven, two of them have to do with our mouths. A lying tongue and a false witness who pours out lies. Proverbs 12 verses 19 and 22. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only for a moment. The Lord detests lying lips but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The lying tongue. And then there's the flattering tongue. The flattering tongue. Notice what Solomon writes about flattery. Proverbs 26, verse 28. A flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs 28, verse 23. In the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Hmm. Or how about the slandering tongue? A couple of verses from Proverbs on this idea of slandering. Right from today's text, Proverbs 10 verse 18, whoever spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs 11 verse 12, it's stupid to say bad things about your neighbors. If you're sensible, you will keep quiet. The slandering tongue. Then there's the gossiping tongue. The gossiping tongue. Somebody once said, if a little bird tells you something, don't repeat it until you find out whether or not the little bird's a cuckoo. (laughs) Seriously, though, gossip is one of the most common curses of the tongue. Look what Proverbs teaches us. Proverbs 16, verse 28. An evil man sows strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. That is so true. Proverbs 26, verse 20. Fire goes out for lack of fuel, and tensions disappear when gossip stops. Hmm. Then there's the betraying tongue. The betraying tongue. It's akin to gossip, but this tongue problem focuses specifically on betraying confidences. Check out what Solomon writes, Proverbs 20, verse 19. Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them betrayed to the world. 
Proverbs 25, verses 9 and 10. Do not betray another's confidence, or the one who hears it may shame you, and you will never lose your bad reputation. Broken trust, betrayal. Number six is the boasting tongue. The boasting tongue. Take note of Proverbs' warnings. Proverbs 25, verse 14. Whoever falsely boasts is like clouds and wind without rain. We've seen too much of that. Proverbs 27, verses 1 and 2. Do not boast. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Someone else and not your own lips. Or how about the cursing tongue? So many people struggle with the problem of swearing or profanity. And this is what Solomon has to say about this struggle. Proverbs 26 and verse 2. Some people have developed the habit of cursing. Proverbs 20, verse 20. If someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Cursing. Or the quarrelsome tongue. (laughs) The quarrelsome tongue. For those who struggle with being disagreeable and argumentative, listen to these Proverbs. Proverbs 20 verse 3. Makes you look good when you avoid a fight. Only fools love to quarrel. Proverbs 26 verse 21. A quarrelsome person starts fights as easily as a match sets fire to paper. And then there's the harsh tongue. The harsh tongue. There's an old saying I ran across this past week that says, the man who says just what he thinks should think. Proverbs warns us about harsh cutting words spoken without tact and love. Proverbs 12 verse 18, sharp words cut like a sword, but words of wisdom heal. Remember, you grew up people, you know, kids saying to one another, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me. Whoever made that up was so wrong. Because words can hurt you a whole lot more than sticks and stones. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Or how about the hasty tongue? The hasty tongue. <laughs> Notice these words of wisdom. Proverbs 18, verse 13. It's stupid and embarrassing to give an answer before you listen. <laughs> Proverbs 29, verse 20. You see someone who speaks in haste, there's more hope for a fool than for them. Then there's the chattering tongue. <laughs> Some people just like to talk and talk and talk and talk. Solomon warns us to beware of the chattering tongue. In Proverbs chapter 10, if all you do is talk, you will destroy yourself. You'll say the wrong thing if you talk too much, so be sensible and watch what you say. Proverbs 18 verse 21, those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. People have died for saying the wrong thing. There's an old poem relating to talking too much that I ran across. It says, The wise old owl sat in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Let's try to be more like that old bird. (laughs) I thought about it. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. 
maybe that says something, huh? That we ought to listen twice as much as what we talk. Just thought I'd throw that out. Let's end with this one. That is the perverse tongue. This final curse of the tongue covers anything that we've left out, basically. Unwholesome words, dirty jokes, whatever. Look at what Solomon wrote. Proverbs 4, verse 24. By the way, if you read your Proverbs 4 today, because today is the 4th, you would have read this this morning. It says, put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Proverbs 12, verse 13. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk. The tongue's curse. Proverbs identifies at least 12 sins that we all face with our mouth and our speech. So what can we do about them? Well, let's take a look then at the tongue's cure. Read Proverbs 21, verse 23. Let's read this out loud together. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So how do we do that? How do we guard our mouths, our tongues, Let me suggest five practical workable solutions that will at least get us on the road to curing our speech and words. First of all, we need to recognize the seriousness of our tongue problem. We need to recognize the seriousness of our tongue problem. I've already said that several times this morning, but I've got to emphasize it yet again. Getting a grip on our tongues is getting a grip on our lives. Learning to control our speech and words is a very, very serious matter. Proverbs 18 verse 7 warns us, fools are undone by their mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. James chapter 3 verses 2 through 6 makes it so abundantly clear. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Whoa. Enough said. First, we must recognize the seriousness of our tongue problem. We have got to take this seriously, folks. Number two, we need to recognize the symptoms of our tongue problem. The symptoms of our tongue problem. What exactly are the symptoms of your tongue problem today? As we listed those 12 curses of the tongue earlier, which ones applied to your life in particular? Was it the lying tongue? The flattering tongue, the slandering tongue, the gossiping tongue, the betraying tongue, the boasting tongue, the cursing tongue, the quarrelsome tongue, the harsh tongue, the hasty tongue, the chattering tongue, the perverse tongue, and actually we could have gone on. Would you please read Proverbs 28 and verse 13 out loud with me? Let's read this one together. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Whoa, isn't that a great verse? 
And so I want to suggest that we all do that. I will do this. And I ask you to join with me. Let's go back through that list of curses either later today or first thing tomorrow morning. And let's ask God that He would search our hearts because He knows our hearts better than we know them. And as we go through this list of the curses of the tongue, let's ask God to reveal to us where we struggle and let's confess those sins of the tongue to Him and let's renounce them with a heart of repentance. Because you're not going to get better with your mouth until you admit where your problem lies. So second, we must recognize the symptoms of our tongue problem. Third, we need to recognize the source of our tongue problem. Recognize the source. I was at lunch a number of years ago with a businessman in San Jose. It had started attending our church and was getting involved in ministry and was really growing in the Lord. And we had gone out to lunch together and we were sitting across the table. And as I'm visiting with this man, getting to know him a little better, I mean, profanity just kept coming out of his mouth. Now, I've struggled with that myself, I will admit, in my past life. And um, this man just kept, you know, using the Lord's name in vain and using profanity and cursing. And uh, finally, I got so uncomfortable with it, I decided, okay, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, prompting me, you got to confront this guy. So I did. I stopped and I said his name and I said, do you realize how often you curse? And he hung his head and he said, yeah. He said, I just, I just can't seem to get over it. I, I've tried everything. I can't get out of the habit. I grew up cursing because I had parents who cursed and I had friends who cursed and I just used profanity all the time. And I, and I think he used profanity right then and said, you know, I don't know why I can't get over it. And I remembered an illustration that had been shared with me years before and so I shared it with him took the pitcher of water that was on the table and my water glass and I filled my water glass all the way to the top. You know how you can fill a glass where it kind of has that, it's almost like has a, it's so full, you know, it kind of almost like is rounded at the top. I did that. And I, he was watching me as I'm doing it and I, I looked him square in the eye and I took my finger and I went like this and the water spilled out of the glass onto the table. And I said to him, this glass could not spill milk. This glass could not spill iced tea. This glass could not spill soda or coffee. This glass could only spill water because water is what fills it. And I just paused and looked at him and he sat there for a minute and he goes, ugh. And I said to him, you got to realize that your speech problem is a heart problem. Remember what we talked about a couple Sundays ago in our last lesson? Every sin problem can be traced to the heart. It is a heart problem. You can only come up in the bucket of your speech what is in the well of your heart. you got to recognize that's the source of it all. In fact, in Proverbs 16, verse 23, it says, From a wise heart comes wise speech. Now, the opposite's also true. You know that, right? Jesus put it this way, Matthew 12, verse 34, Out of the overflow of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. And so we've got to recognize again that the source of our mouth problem is the heart. If we're having problems with our speech, whatever the curse, whatever the sin may be that we have named in all those different ones or even others that are not on that list because that list was certainly not exhaustive, whatever the problem is that we're having with our tongue, with our lips, with our speech, that's an indication that there's a heart problem somehow. And we're not going to solve it by just dealing with the symptoms. We're going to have to go to the source in order to find a solution. We'll deal a little bit more with that in just a moment. So second, we must recognize the source of our tongue problem. Or third, number four, recognize the self-control. We do have some part in this, you realize. There are some things we can do to exercise self-control. And specifically, I think the Bible teaches three practical things that we can do to exercise self-control with our mouths. First, we need to speak thoughtfully. Speak thoughtfully. Proverbs 16, verse 23. Intelligent people think before they speak. Do I need to say more? Secondly, we need to speak truthfully. Proverbs 10, verse 10 says, Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. We, we need to speak truthfully, not deceitfully in any way. Our words always need to be the truth. But even in that, we need to also speak tactfully. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. Paul instructs us in Ephesians 4, verse 15, to speak the truth in love. Yeah, we're to speak the truth, but they are not to be thoughtless words. They are to be words of tact. Words with love as we share the truth with each other. That's a lot to chew on. I wish I could spend more time there, but we must move on. We must speak thoughtfully, truthfully, and tactfully. We must recognize the self-control of our tongue problem. But all of that leads us to number five, which I think is probably the most important of them all, and that is we must recognize the Savior of our tongue problem. We must recognize the Savior of our tongue problem. James 3 and verse 8 tells us, No human being can tame the tongue, implying that only God can. (laughs) Only God can. The tongue problem, because it is a heart problem, is a spiritual problem. It cannot be solved in the flesh by human effort alone. I think about Isaiah and his call to be a prophet of God. And God says, I want you to be my spokesman. So he's going to have to use his lips, you realize, right? You're going to speak for me to my people. And Isaiah captures this vision in Isaiah 6 of this holy God. And in the midst of his capturing a vision of the holiness of God, he also sees by comparison and contrast his own unholiness. And in fact, since he's called to be a prophet of God, guess where he sees that unholiness apply the most? Right here. Whoa! Is me? I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. 
I live among a a people, a nation of unclean lips. How in the world can I possibly be your spokesman, God? How can I speak your words as your prophet if my lips are unclean? And I love the response in Isaiah 6. It says, One of the angelic beings flew to the altar at the throne of God and took a live coal with a pair of tongs and symbolically he came and he touched Isaiah's lips and he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. You you realize only God can do that, right? That's a a work of God. That's, That's only something He can do. We cannot do that ourselves. It is only as He touches our lips and as He purifies our hearts that we have any hope whatsoever. So fifth, we must recognize the Savior of our tongue problem. So what's the tongue's cure? How can we deal with the many sins and curses of our mouth and our words? These five suggestions, I think, will at least get us started. First, we need to recognize the seriousness of our tongue. We've got to take this seriously, folks. Not playing games here. This is not something to be taken lightly. Second, we need to recognize the symptoms of our tongue problem. What exactly is it that you struggle with? You need to come to grips with that before God. And third, you need to recognize the source of our tongue problem, which is always the heart. And fourth, we need to recognize the self-control of our tongue problem. Seek always to speak thoughtfully, truthfully, and tactfully. And fifth, and perhaps most importantly, we need to recognize the Savior of our tongue problem. Success will only come with the Lord's help. Proverbs. Seeking God's wisdom. Today, we have been seeking God's wisdom on the tongue. Would you read Ephesians 4 and verse 29 out loud with me as we close? Would you read this? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ah, may that be true of us. Let's pray. God, thank You for teaching us very practical things today. It's not a one of us here who doesn't struggle in one way or another with our mouths, our words. And God, we, we really do want to take this seriously. We really do want to put into practice what we have learned today. Help us, O God, to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And may it be true of us that no unwholesome word would ever come out of our mouths, but only what is needed to build someone up to accomplish your purpose, your plan for your glory. Guard our mouths, O God. Be the Savior of our tongues today. Give us pure hearts. Help us to be the holy people that You have called us to be. 
even in our speech, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.